Before I begin, I just want to explain that I um, am not going to be behaving in my usual raucous manner, <laughs> twirling about the stage and doing backflips and such, because I'm coming off injured reserve, so I'm probably going to just kind of hang out in one spot here, but it's okay. Pardon me? No, I thought of that, but I quickly dismissed it. Marianne Williamson tells the story that at the end of his life, George Bernard Shaw was asked what person in history he would like to have been. He replied that he, most, he would most like to have been the George Bernard Shaw that he might have been and never became. This morning we are beginning a series based on this book, the Gift of Change by Marianne Williamson. I'm sure that many of you know of Ms. Williamson. Um, she has done a lot of work with, and I'm, I'm spacing it again, a series, Course in Miracles, and she has written some lovely books and some lovely sayings that are used around the world. And um, she is talking in this book, writing in this book about the gift of change. And she talks about what is happening on the planet, and we in this philosophy typically don't spend a lot of time talking about what's happening on the planet. Um, I'm inviting us to do that this morning and begin to do that because she regards what's happening on the planet as a call to change. And so it, I think, is valuable for us to look at what that might look like. And she talks about what is happening on the planet and more than that about our response to what is happening on the planet and how so many of us are beginning to feel or have for some time felt somewhat overwhelmed and a sadness um, about what appears to be going on out there, that the world is changing, that the world has changed. Some say that the world has forever changed. And when we speak of change in that regard, uh, we are using change as a noun. It is an event. It is something that is happening out there. And many of us, in our attempt to cope with that, um, take great care to create our lives so that they feel very familiar, so that they seem very safe, so that they are um, like they have always been. And because that is not the world that we live in. And so we're trying to create, I think, some place where it feels um, safe. And there is so much going on out here, um, and it's going on so quickly. Um, we now have an iPad. Who knew? This device upon which apparently everything exists. <laughs> Just a little, little thing like this. I don't have one yet. <clears throat> We have stuff going on in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in North Korea, and South Korea, in Pakistan, in Iran. We've got people doing goofy things on airplanes that are landing in Detroit. We have earthquakes in Haiti. The world seems to be hurling through space uh, very quickly, very loudly, very violently. And it seems to be taking place all around us all the time. And it can seem overwhelming. It can seem overwhelming. Because change seems to be taking place at us. At us. 
and we seem to have no control over what is happening out there. And for many of us, we want things to be like they have always been, which is code for, I made up a story about how the world was way back when, and I want it to be like that, when it was so much more simple, so much easier um, back in the day, in the old days, whenever it was that we decided it was. And then each Sunday morning, we begin our service by inviting you to change your entire life by simply changing your mind, which can seem like a pretty tall order given what we've just been talking about. And yet that's what we're called upon to do. And rather than simply responding even to change, we are invited to be change. We are invited to change ourselves. We are encouraged to consciously change. And then change becomes an activity. It becomes an action. It becomes a verb. And coincidentally, it is also what we happen to teach in religious science. And so that's what this book is about. She invites us to become the change that will change the world. I'm going to read just a bit here, keeping in mind that she is speaking to um, events. She is speaking to events that are happening on this planet right now. And she is speaking to how many people are responding to those events and what is happening. Life was more innocent for all of us not so long ago. Today the world seems filled with such sorrow and such danger. And it's not so easy anymore to simply spout off metaphysical principles and expect everything to be okay by morning. These are times that challenge our spiritual assumptions, as the power of darkness seems to be taunting us, demanding, so where's all that love that you believe in now? The answer is that that love that we believe in is inside us where it has always been, waiting to be unleashed, or waiting to be unleashed some more. The darkness is an invitation to light, calling forth the spirit in all of us. Every problem implies a question. Are we ready to embody what we say we believe? Can we reach inside ourselves for enough clarity, for enough strength, for enough forgiveness, for enough enough love, for enough faith to turn this around. That's the spiritual meaning in every situation, not what happens, but what we do with what happens and who we decide we are with what happens. And so that's what this is about this morning. That's what this book is about. She invites us to become the change that will change the world. Again, consistent with what, we, with what we teach. The thing is, being a religious scientist is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to be. It is not always comfortable. Mary Murray Shelton, a minister in Santa Rosa, California, is fond of saying that we want to be transformed, we just don't want to be inconvenienced. <laughs> and being a metaphysician doesn't mean that nothing bad or painful or hurtful will ever happen. What it does mean that the word change becomes a verb and it also becomes an invitation. And it means that we can use it to become who and what we truly are, which is what Marianne Williamson is referring to when she talks about the gift of change. 
The gift is that it is a chance for us to become fully who we are again. What Star was praying about earlier, about the shifting and changing, the one thing that does not change is the truth of God itself. However, it's urged to express itself more fully over and over again is constantly changing and constantly shifting and constantly evolving. And change is natural. There are, in fact, I believe, and I just made this up, but I believe it totally right now, that there are, <laughs> there are only two constants. This is it. And you can, you can, just a little tip from me to you. One is God. The other is change. And when we know the first one, it makes the second one a whole lot easier. Even when it's scary, it's doable. And I am here to tell you that that's true. So change is natural. Hanging on is not, which is why there are sometimes claw marks on your wall and why we just get so tired. That's why it's so exhausting, because it's not natural. Change is natural. Nothing, absolutely nothing stays the same. Nothing, literally. Some of you may have known this. I did not know the percentages, but I looked it up on the Internet, so I know it's true. 75% of our body is water. And every month or so, almost all that water is replaced. 7% of our body weight is blood fluid and blood cells and such, most of which is replaced every three months. Every cell in the human body is replaced and renewed within a seven-year period for our entire lives. And what that means is not one cell that we had when we got here is still there. Furthermore, not one cell that we had when we were seven is still here. Or when we turned 14 or 21, and I could go on and on, but at my age it could take the rest of the time, and we don't <laughs> want to do that. And then it noted, however that the same DNA structure and the same personality that we were born with is still here, which, <laughs> what are you going to do, you know? So change is natural, and hanging on is not. And yet, which one are we more prone to do? Most of us are more prone to hang on, because we like the familiar. And the thing is, the bigger and louder and messier it appears to get out here, the more we hang on to what it is that we know. We want things to stay the same, which is, um, Byron Katie would refer to that as crazy making. It's crazy talk because it's not true. So we're doing what I refer to when I see myself doing it. I, I notice I'm objecting and I say, ah, it's not as I wish it to be, which doesn't change what is. It just changed my view of it. So we resist change. We don't want it. We want stuff to say the same. And even if it isn't really the same, we'll try to make out like it is the same. And we'll tell ourselves it's the same. And so hanging on to anything, especially a lie, is really painful. And it's also a fabulous diversion. 
because you can't be present for your life if you are really, really busy and concentrated on hanging on to what you wish it was or maybe what it once was, some when, somehow. In the um, Science of Mind book, there's a quote that says, in part, nature will not let us stay in any place too long. We would become too set, too rigid, too inflexible. And some of us would respond by saying, and the problem with that is what? (laughs) Because we want to stay with what we know. We like familiar. We will stay in a crummy job for years. We will stay in a relationship that has run its course a long time ago because we know it. Even if it's yucky, we know what it looks like. We know what to expect. There's a predictability to it. And so we find a safety in that, a security in knowing exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and how we're going to respond even. It's very predictable. And so we will do things, maybe, without even questioning them because we're on autopilot and because it feels safer to do that. And so if, in fact, we are committed to that, if we are, in fact, doing that, then how come everything out here is so messy? What's going on out here? And, of course, what's going on out here is a reflection of what's going on in here. And so something's got to change by the process of reasoning and deductibility that something is us. We would rather it would be outside, but it's not. It's us. And so the gift of change is about recognizing the opportunity, perhaps now more than ever before, although I don't know that to be true. This is just when I happen to be standing here and when we're all here, so it seems like that. Everything that's happening today can be seen as an opportunity to recreate our lives to co-create our lives, which is really what we're doing all the time anyway. It's just that much of the time we're not paying attention when we're doing it. And then we wonder how come stuff turns out the way we didn't want it to. And some of us are surprised by that. And Marianne Williamson using the, again, say it, I don't know why I have a block against that. Course in Miracles, there you go. Um, Because she makes a point of saying in this book that she refers to that material a lot, and so she wants to give credit for that, and so I do as well, that what she is speaking to in this book is that in order to make the shift that we need to do, we have to stay in that place of love, which is natural, which is who we are, and we need to unlearn fear, which is not natural, and it is not who we are. And the good news is that if we learned it, we can unlearn it because we can use the same technology to do that. So that we begin to respond from love, not from fear. And we do this by remembering who we are as divine expressions of that one. And implicit in that is that that one is always with us, as us. So that we are supported in revealing more of the truth of us. This isn't about reinventing us. It's just simply about exposing who we are, truly who we are. And trusting that, and trusting that that's more than enough. And what with it being God and all, I'm thinking it probably is. And that's why we do 
the work that we do, the spiritual work, the educational work, however you want to call it. That's why we offer classes all the time here at the center. That's why we have practitioner sessions. Uh, that's why we have celebration services on Sunday. That's why we have events all the time, to provide an atmosphere, an environment in which we can remember who we are. And in doing so, that we can change and move into the expression of who we are and what we are. And when that happens, the world changes. See, there are those of us in this philosophy, I will admit to being one of them, I find this teaching absolutely thrilling and invigorating and powerful and fabulous and exciting and passionate and lovely. At the very least, it's interesting. <laughs> it can be a conversation piece, especially if you're in a fundamentalist Christian family such as I am. Um, or maybe not so much a conversation piece. The thing is that when, as we polish, as we polish our understanding and practice our concept of this teaching, it allows us to feel safe enough to begin to change the way we show up in the world. Even when things are going well, even when things are going well, it can be challenging with this teaching. When things are not going so hot, if we don't have something, something to stand on, something to rest in, it can be really scary. And so that's why as our, when we have the opportunity to do this, we need to do the work to do it so that then we are poised to be the change that we want to see because we can't see it if we are not willing to be it. Marianne Williamson talks about the eternal compass, which is a synonym for God, I think. The most important thing to remember during times of great change is to fix our eyes anew on the things that don't change. That changeless, birthless, deathless, the way we try to describe the infinite, which is indescribable. We can count on that. Everything else can shift all around us. That does not. Life moves in response to its desire to express itself more fully. And yet it is still. It is constant. And so we can rest in that. We can trust that. And know that the change that we are seeking is in fact seeking us. Because the infinite is constantly always seeking to express itself more fully and we're the vehicle by which that happens. And Deepak Chopra talks about how we can dance with the luminous mystery of existence and co-create a new world with God. And that's what we do every day. The more conscious and alive and aware we are, the more outstanding the creation is that we are creating. And so again, if we are troubled by what's out there, Let's start here. The word change is defined as an alteration or a transformation. Or it is about shifting from one thing to another or to become different. It means to make or become something different. And like I said before, if we want things to be different, we have to be different. And for many of us, that is the deal breaker. Again, the gift of change is that it gives us an opportunity to be who we truly are. 
It is the truth of us calling us. It is that yearning, that, um, that burning, that, that something that is calling to us. So what we are seeking, we already are. I think sometimes that the reason we don't change is because we think we don't know how to. We may want to, but we think we don't know how. And I think we want things to stay the same because we think we don't know how to change them. And we don't know how to change us. The thing is, first we have to believe that it's possible. And it is not just this teaching, it is quantum physics that tells us that everything is infinite possibility, everything. And that means us. So we have the technology to do this. It is definitely possible. And then we need to have the desire to do it, the intention to do it. And again, that is why we offer classes and workshops and, and all the activities that we do in this center, and this isn't the only place that we can get them. The biggest thing is the willingness. I really truly believe the biggest single factor other than the infinite's presence is willingness. Maggie Cole was here last Sunday, and she spoke on platform about um, divine synchronicity and about the absolutely huge change that has taken place in her life. She is just about 69 years old. And a few months ago, she just got this urge to go on Facebook and look up somebody that she loved 35 years ago. She found him, and she said, is this you? This is me. Now, she didn't have to do that. I mean, she has her workshops, and she has her practice, and she has her community, and she has her friends. And if she had viewed her life as all set and all neat and tidy and wrapped up and such, she would not be experiencing what she's experiencing now. The woman's just crazy love. And she never would have done that had she not been willing to open herself up to that. And there are many of us, I've observed, that have done that. Where you just get so hungry, so greedy, whatever it is, that you're willing to do whatever it takes to be that which you sense is in here somewhere, somewhere. Even if you don't have anything to base it on other than that yearning, other than that still small voice, whatever we call it that unwillingness to settle, whatever it looks like, it's different for each one of us. But willingness is everything. If we're willing, anything can happen, and it does every day. So we have to be the change to see the change, and that's what the invitation is about. And we have support with that. In the Science of Mind book, it says, change in the outer is brought about by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, being the one and only presence in the universe, brings about events and remolds conditions after its own likeness. After its own likeness. That's what we are. And so we have the opportunity at any and every given moment to recreate ourselves. Showing up as that image and likeness, showing up as the truth of us, it's not something we have to build or create from scratch, it's already who we are. 
We just need to be willing to step into it. Marianne Williamson says that the only way to gain power in a world that is moving too fast is to slow down. And the thing is, for many of us, that is the last thing we want to do. Because if we keep moving, if we keep busy, then maybe we won't notice that sometimes our lives feel like there's something missing. And I think I know what it is. It's us. And to the extent that we're willing to slow down, we can remember that. And so changing the world is very personal work. It's very personal. It begins with every single one of us. It's very personal. And it's also very possible. Because I believe that we are here for such a time as this, each one of us. So in the next few weeks, Larry's going to be talking about some of the basic changes that we can make in ourselves. I believe there are 10 that Marianne Williamson covers, 10 ways that we can change. And one of them that struck me was making the shift from asking God to change the world to being open to God changing us. And so I'd like to close with a paraphrasing of one of the paragraphs in this book, Gift of Change. Every morning we wake up and bless the world. We can be willing to be servants today to something holy and something true. We can take a deep breath and surrender to the love and the grace of the infinite within. We can experience miracles. The world's fear is old and dying away, and that's why it is so angry. Love has scarcely taken its first breath on this earth, and that's why it's so tender. But the meek shall inherit the earth for one reason only. Their strength will literally take the place over. We were not, who we were is not as important as we thought, and who we are becoming is out of this world. Let us pray. And so in this moment of remembering that there is only one of us, I remember that the heart and the soul of the infinite literally lives our lives. It breathes our breath. That we are never further away than our own very breath because it is the breath of God. And so that power and that love that is God is also closer to us in our very breath. It is the truth of us, always has been, always will be. And so I speak this word of recognition, of remembering that the truth of us is big. The truth of us is equal to any change, any shift that needs to take place because it is who and what we are. I affirm our willingness to spend some time in our own selves, in our own hearts, and be willing to explore the possibility that shifting and changing into what we are is perhaps easier than we ever dreamed possible. Because something is calling us 
And that something lives within each one of us. So that the brilliance and the love and the truth that we are shines easily, effortlessly, and gracefully because it is the truth. And I'm grateful to know this about every single person in this room now. And I release this word because I know even as I speak it, the entire universe and beyond rushes to reform itself around the fullest, highest expression of every single one of us. I'm grateful to know this. I let it be. And so it is. Thank you.